Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, this is Joey. Before we get started here, just a quick heads up. Yes, the audio quality of my recording on this uh, this particular episode is bad. It is bad to say the least. We really apologize. We did not find this until after we had finished recording this thing happens, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, audio will do some weird things for us. Uh, really apologize. We promise that this is something that we try to fix as much as possible. Uh, it is not an issue for any of our other previews coming up, or uh, and we'll try to monitor this as much as possible moving forward. But just wanted to give you the heads up. We are aware that the sound quality here on my end is going to be pretty poor. Um, we hope that you enjoy the preview anyways, and uh, we hope you keep listening to the podcast. Other than that, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, day four of ACC Bullness. You uh, you ready to talk about some more bowl games? The previews are coming fast and furious here, Joey. They sure are. They sure are, as are the bowl games and the days and the new year and all this stuff. I don't want to get too existential on you here to begin. Uh, that's good. Let's Let's skip that. We'll skip that. Yeah, we don't need to get any more existential than uh, these December 30th bowl games, we'll say. Uh, on Monday, December 30th, we got two games we got to talk about, both on ESPN starting at 4 o'clock. The Louisville Cardinals, a four-point underdog to the Mississippi State Bulldogs, total is 63.5. Mike, this is the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Say that five times fast. Yeah, I will not. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate uh, Louisville winning this game outright here. Um, I, I think Louisville's going to be motivated. We talk about again motivations and, and look at where these teams have been in recent years. Louisville completely bottoming out last year. They were expected to do nothing. They were really thought that they were going to bottom out again this year. That this is a year zero, whatever. And now look at Scott Satterfield, year one, got him up to seven wins and into a bowl game and a, and a pretty decent bowl game is in the ACC's rotation at that. Meanwhile, Mississippi State, two years under Joe Moorhead, have not gone great. Um, there was some talk even coming out of the Egg Bowl that if, if they had lost that game, Moorhead might have lost his job to go with it. So they make this bowl game. Um, there's also been some news that uh, they had some, some quarterback controversy, I guess, in the lead-up to this game, we'll say. Yeah, so Tommy Stevens, who you'll remember, he went with Moorhead from Penn State to Mississippi State. Stevens transferred. Uh, was initially the starter, got replaced because he wasn't playing that well by Garrett Schrader. But Garrett Schrader is now out with an eye injury. Um, 24-7 Sports was reporting yesterday that Schrader got into an altercation at practice um, after one of the drills. A little tussle and injured his eye. So Tommy Stevens back in at quarterback for Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, Stevens, it was a little bit dicey when he was playing this year. Um, he had nine touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, he wasn't completing a whole heck of a lot of his passes. Uh, 
less than 60%. So, you know, this is one of those situations here that is worth monitoring, right? Like Tommy Stevens ends up playing. He's a senior quarterback, obviously. Um, He does have playing experience, so you're not necessarily worried about that. But the fact that Tommy Stevens is now the quarterback to Garrett Trader, uh, Mississippi State is now on their backup here. And it hasn't gone great for Joe Moorhead, like you mentioned, uh, throughout the first two years. This is a bowl game he really, really needs to win, right? And I don't think he's going to lose his job now. Um, You know, they did win the Egg Bowl. They got into this bowl game. I think if they win this bowl game against Louisville, a team that has surprised a lot of people this year, I do think that, you know, it does build some solid momentum going into 2020. But um, I like Louisville here, Joey. I I think they kind of finished the drill, so to speak. Like Louisville has had a really successful season. Year one under Satterfield, Nikhil Cunningham has been very good. Um, you know, the running game has been decent. They've had, you know, obviously excellent playmakers on the outside, uh, highlighted by Tutu Atwell, who's had an 1100 yard season with 12 touchdowns. So I think I like Louisville here, Joey. Um, this is a game that, you know, I think the Cardinals could use heading into 2020. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, they did win seven games this year after how bad they were a year ago is an accomplishment in and of itself. The fact that they're playing in a bowl game and the music city bowl is a, is a pretty decent bowl game to be in. Uh, the fact that they are in this game against a against an SEC team and an opportunity to kind of show out, and the fact that they're an underdog here, I, I really like Louisville as the underdog. I think they're sitting at uh, as a four point dog heading into this game. I really like the Cardinals here, and the defense hasn't been great, but it's been good enough, right? And they, they've gotten by for most of this season, and you know the offense has been pretty solid, right? And you know, Cunningham and, and the passing game for Louisville, it, it's just, it's kind of one of those things that's evolved as the year has gone on, and they've made a lot of chunk plays in the passing game with Atwell um, and company. So I, I really like the Cardinals here, Joey. I think they find a way to get it done. Mississippi State has been kind of underwhelming all year. They weren't very good last year in year one under Moorhead, which was to be expected. And, you know, they're playing their backup in this, in this football game at quarterback, which I think does matter. So Mississippi State as a four-point favorite doesn't really scare me. I like Louisville to win this game. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny. I'm looking at Mississippi State's schedule, and we can say, okay, yeah, like they're they're an SEC team. They've probably got a bit of a talent edge over over Louisville. And if you're if you're in the SEC West in particular, and you're making a bowl game, like you're you're doing pretty well. I'm kind of trying to figure out like what is Mississippi State's best win, because by my count, they have three wins this year over bowl eligible teams, and two of them are Louisiana Lafayette and Southern Miss. The other one was a 15-point win against Kentucky that just beat the tar out of Louisville here in, our, in the last time we saw the Cardinals. But, Mike, all three of those games were in September. And yep. since then, Mississippi State's gone 3-5. and five. They had wins over Arkansas, uh, Abilene Christian, and Ole Miss, none of which really sh- should have put up that much of a fight outside of, you know, Ole Miss and the Egg Bowl, and we all know how that ended, and that was perfect, by the way. Um but I, I just, you know, I'm seeing losses to Kansas State. I'm seeing losses to Tennessee, getting blown out by Texas A&M, by obviously Alabama and LSU. I mean, Mississippi State is just not what they were two years ago. Mike, they're not your older brother's Mississippi State team. Um, these, aren't, these aren't your pappy's bulldogs. They're not your pappy's bulldogs. Um the thing I think that, it, that will be fun to watch in this game is that both of these offenses, they can be inefficient at times, but they are certainly good at creating big plays. These defenses are not particularly good at stopping big plays, so just 
gear up for some fireworks in this game. You figure there's going to be some big plays hit, you know, on both sides of the ball. So we'll say at the very least a total of 63 and a half. I think there's a good chance it goes over that. We see a lot of points and a lot of scoring. So this could be fun to watch from that regard. But in general, I'm with you, Mike. I, I just I feel like I've seen more good performances from Louisville this year than I've seen from Mississippi State. Um, they seem to be a little bit more consistent on offense, being able to put up points against basically anybody they've played. They had a bad outing against Kentucky, but other than that, it's it's been a good year for, for the Cardinals, and I think they're especially fired up to play here. I mean, this is only, what, three hours down the road from Louisville? Um, it, it, it's not super far from Starkville either, but, it, you know, it's this is a manageable road trip for, for everybody, and I just... I like Louisville here. They're only a four-point uh, underdog, and I, I think that's telling us something. So let's just go Louisville outright. And they play hard, Joey. Like not that Mississippi State doesn't, but I've seen Louisville play harder, more consistently. I've seen Mississippi State this year, right? And mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned some of those losses that Mississippi State had to the likes of Kansas State, who you know, decent but not great. Right. And, you know, getting, losing to Tennessee and getting blown out by A&M and A&M was, you know, seven and five. Like they didn't really play all that well, all that consistently this year. And Louisville did for longer stretches. And you mentioned the Kentucky game was ugly for Louisville, certainly. But, you know, over the course of the entire season, I think Louisville has been the much more consistent team. So as far as bowl games go and motivation, like I think both teams will be motivated. I think, you know, Mississippi State wants to play well for Joe Moorhead because they know this is an important game heading into next year. But you know, Louisville kind of wants to finish things off for Satterfield here. And they've had a really successful year one. And what a way to cap it off with eight wins and a bowl game win. Like that would be a, a heck of a way to finish year one for Satterfield and mm -hmm. would build a ton of momentum going into 2020 where, you know, Louisville returns a lot of their production on both sides of the football and should be, you know, one of those teams to, to finish in the top three in the Atlantic, which, you know, might be nine or 10 wins for Louisville next year, potentially if we handicap it now. So, yeah, this would be a really good stepping stone for the Cardinals, and I like them to win here. Um, and, and as for the total, Joey, um, the total sitting here at 63, I kind of like the under there. That seems like a lot of points, especially for a Mississippi State offense that's been kind of underwhelming. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I'll take the under there. Okay, so you'll go under. I will go under, and I'm going to take Louisville outright as well. I think they win this game. I think the total in this game is maybe the first thing that we've disagreed about on like all of these bold previews. So... There you go. There's a, at least there's a consistent message coming from the both of us. We'll say that. Um, That's true. I always, I'll say this too. I always try to be conscious of the, um, we'll say the ACC bias to a certain degree in all these bowl games. Um, I feel like there's a lot of me that always wants to pick the ACC team, you know, at least to cover if not to win outright. And I, I try to be mindful of that. So um, as we get into this next game, just just keep that in mind. Let's just we'll say that. <laughs> Before we get angry emails. Yeah, Mike, next game, uh, following that, just following right up on ESPN at 8 o'clock, it's a Capital One Orange Bowl, Mike, where your number 24 Virginia Cavaliers are taking on the number 9 Florida Gators. Virginia is a 14.5-point underdog. Total is 54.5. We were talking about this before we came on. Don't really love this spot for Virginia. I mean, you know that Virginia is going to be fired up to play. It's Bryce Perkins' last game. Um, they, this is, I can't remember the last time that Virginia played in the Orange Bowl. Has that ever happened? I don't think so. It's been a, it's been a while if it's ever happened before. I don't think minute. it has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a minute, but Florida, 
A, really good. B, also hasn't played in this game in, in a few years, so they're pretty fired up to play in it. Um, and just and what we talked about, Mike, was that in so many of the ways that Clemson's defense gave Virginia issues on offense, Florida's not quite what Clemson is defensively, but they're not far from it. They're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, Florida's got a really, really strong front seven. One of the best defensive lines in college football. Uh, Virginia is very one-dimensional in their running game, if that makes sense. Like They haven't really gotten a whole lot going with their running backs this year, and it's really Bryce Perkins or Bust in the running game. And you know Perkins has been pretty decent in the passing game this year, but they're so one-dimensional running the football. Like If Florida is able to take that away, like what does Virginia do next? They're going to throw into that secondary? Like... I don't see that working out 40, 45 times to you. Like this is a very, a very tough spot for Virginia's offense. With that being said, like Florida's offense has been decent this year and they do have some playmakers and all that. But like, I don't think Virginia will necessarily have a ton of trouble, like slowing down Florida's offense, if that makes sense. Like I do think that, you know, they'll be able to keep it close from the standpoint of like Kyle Trask isn't going to blow them off the field. Like, uh, you know, Florida's running game is really that good that Virginia's front seven can't stop it. Like, I'm not sure, right? Like, Virginia's defense has been pretty good all year, uh, but they haven't necessarily played a defense all year up until Clemson a couple weeks ago. And we saw what happened in the ACC championship game when they went up against a defense like that. And what's the offense going to look like against a defense that, like you mentioned, might not be as good as Clemson, but Florida's defense is pretty damn close. And... I don't necessarily see Florida scoring like 60 something points, right? And and blowing Virginia off the field, but could I see this getting into like a 17 or 20 point game and Florida essentially not necessarily breaking a sweat? Yeah, I could see that too. Um I, I'm not going to bet the spread, so it's Florida minus 14 and a half. I'm not going to bet the spread. I would lean Florida um to cover. I'm not going to personally bet it. Uh but I, I do think Virginia can keep it relatively close for a bit. But I think over the course of 60 minutes, this is one of those games that, you know, shout out solid verbal, but this has like crockpot potential written all over it. Like mm-hmm. this could be a very, very slow burn of Virginia. Like mm-hmm. Virginia's offense slowly running out of ways to figure out how to move the ball, slowly figure, you know, running out of ways to figure out how to score. Like, all of a sudden the defense has been on the field for a really long time and Florida breaks a big play here or there offensively. And then instead of like a six point game, it's a 13 point game. Instead of a 13 point game, it's a 20 point game. Like that's kind of the way I could see this going. And I don't think Virginia goes out and gets outright embarrassed by Florida. I do think they'll, they'll play well and they'll play hard, but Florida's got too many athletes. I, I think the defense will be too much and too overwhelming for Bryce Perkins. I don't love this spot for Virginia. I'm with you there. Yeah, you mentioned Florida having one of the best defensive lines in the country. Um, both Jonathan Grenard and uh, – oh, crap. What is his first name? Zuniga. Grenard and Zuniga, the two defensive ends, are probably early second-round draft picks at the worst. And, and are they playing, Joey? They're both playing, yeah. Yep. Um, so There has been a little bit of skepticism of, like, wait, this is the kind of guy that would be sitting out this game. But they're playing. Um, Florida is going to be without starting cornerback C.J. Henderson. He's going to be sitting out um, and, and waiting just for his draft, uh, draft day here coming up in a few months. But right. um, Virginia is still going to have to deal with most of the full brunt of that defense. 
I, I think if I'm Virginia and I, and I want to have a shot to make it close or even win the game outright, I'm probably coming out with about the same game plan as I did against Clemson, yep. which is just get just go out there and start chucking it. Um, yeah, yeah, just throw it around. Don't bother handing it off to Wayne Tulapapa. Don't bother really doing much. Just start slinging it. Um, be aggressive. Be aggressive. Yeah, throw it, you know, use Dubois the way that they were. Use Joe Reed if, if you got him back. Like... There are things you can do to maybe give yourself a shot, but you also got to realize that's going to introduce a lot of variance of, like, if you turn the ball over a couple of times, then Florida can get some easy scores and really run away from you pretty easily. So it, Go down, swinging. Yeah, it's it's a high-risk, high-reward kind of proposition. So I, if, if I'm Virginia, maybe that's what I'm doing, but I, I think I'm with you. 14.5 is a lot of points, and I, I would not want to lay those points in an actual nope. bet. Nope. But... I mean, could I see this being like a 31 to 10 kind of game? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think Florida's got the offensive firepower to really run away from Virginia, but at some point, you know, I, I felt like to a certain degree, what we saw against Clemson was Virginia defensively was holding up for the most part, and then all of a sudden, Clemson would come up with like a 50 yard play. Yeah, eventually the dam breaks. Yeah, it's, right? it's third and eight, and Justin Ross comes up with 40 yards, or T. Yep. Higgins, 65 yards for a touchdown, or something like that, you know, and it's like, oh, Virginia, you almost had it. You almost yeah. had it. Yeah, eventually the dam breaks. Like, yeah. bend, 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 and break. Like, mm-hmm. offense, plotting away, plotting away, plotting away, turnover, short field. Yeah. Florida all of a sudden has 14 unanswered in a span of four and a half minutes. And I'll That's how this, I can see it going. Yeah, I'll say this too. I, I, I would not I would not call this a coaching mismatch. No. I, I don't think that Virginia is a poorly coached team, but I think not what you all. are starting to see is that Florida is a very well-coached team, especially offensively. Dan Mullen is a fantastic offensive coach. And, and what they've been able to do since Kyle Trask has taken over that offense I think is indicative of – what he is capable of as an offensive mind in terms of getting his guys ready to play, focusing on what they're good at, and getting the most out of them. And, and when you combine that with Florida having the edge and talent, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just think that this is not not the best matchup for Virginia. And again, look at what the spread is. That's that tells you everything you need to know. Right. Yep. Exactly. No, I I agree. I agree. And you know, Virginia's well coached, but. Now they're also playing against a really well-coached team with athletes and <laughs> more athletes than Virginia has. And that's what we saw in the ACC championship. And that's what you're going to see, I think, here to a lesser degree. Yeah. So I think I'm on Florida. I'm with you. Um, I Total's 54 and a half. I would probably go under that, if anything. I, I think both these teams have obviously pretty formidable defenses and, and the offenses are not fully complete on, on either, you know, in any regard. So... I think this is something like 31 to 10, 35, 17, you know, like you said, maybe it's close into the, into the second half, but I think Florida does find a way to pull away at some point. Uh, They just, they just have better athletes on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I like the under there too. I don't think Virginia scores enough and I don't think Florida's offense is one that is going to necessarily run away from you. And I just think Virginia's defense will hang in there enough to keep that under. The only thing I keep, I continue going back to and thinking about with Virginia is what would their defense be right now if they still had Bryce Hall, if they still had some of the guys that have gotten banged up in the back seven for them? I I could see them having won another game or two and being higher ranked, and we would have thought we would have thought a lot more of them. 
But th those are the guys that you need to defend Clemson's receivers. Those are the guys you need to defend Florida's receivers. It, it's it just seems like that's going to be a, a pretty big mismatch for me. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I just tough spot for Virginia. Tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, congratulations on getting to the Orange Bowl. I mean, that's a huge deal, and there, there's a lot to be said for that. But you're also coming up against a uh, a bit of a monster here. So yeah, no, I, I agree. That, that's all it is. All right, Florida and the under for me, and I think Mike, we uh, we tend to agree on that. Yeah, Florida and the under. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for the December 30th bowl games. Anything else before we uh, get out of here? I think we're good, man. Um. Best of luck to Virginia and Louisville. Yeah, best of luck. We uh, we'd love a couple of wins on that on those regards. Um, as we record this here, a couple of days after Christmas, the uh, ACC bowl season is off to a, a mm. rousing start. Um, Miami, Pitt, the man. hell. I mean, Pitt won, but come on. Yeah, it took a it took a score in the last minute or so of the game to get get it done against Eastern Michigan. Yep, um, and then Miami blanked in Shreveport. We'll, we'll come back and talk a lot more about that game. Mike, yeah, that's uh, that didn't go well for the Hurricanes. They uh, they're absent now an offensive coordinator reportedly, which is probably for the best. Danny knows and Miami likely parting ways and oh man, they do not have a quarterback still. Uh, Joey, dare I say they might miss Blake Rozier? Oh God. Go God. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Have we reached that point? Remember Brad Kaya? Oh, my God. Remember uh, Randy, Randy Shannon? <laughs> Man, we'll play that game here. Yeah, uh, you, th you thought that was rock bottom. Yeah, it went poorly for Miami. It went well for our picks. We both took uh, Louisiana Tech outright, and sure enough. Yep, I also took Pitt Mice 12, and e. come on. Yeah, not great. All right, well, we'll come back and recap those games as well as all the others. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to get out of here and preview some more games. Uh, Mike, in the meantime, they can reach us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SI, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address, known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, Anchor, all those places. Uh, Mike, you want to tell me they can find us on the social medias? Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do, please do. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. A um, few more bowl games here. A few more bowl games. I'm going to come back and preview those, so keep it tuned here. And uh, we'll keep you, uh, keep you entertained as we keep making our way through ACC bowl season. Yep. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Nobody's